most wonderful show is Keeping Up With The Joneses. Welcome to episode 194 of Keeping Up With The Joneses, where this week we're talking about expectations. Expectations. Oh, you wrote a jingle just for this episode. Yeah. That's lovely. Thank you. You're welcome. Before we jump into expectations, great and small alike, um, let's do some catch up. Yes. The big thing that happened this week was the Source Conference. It was. Yeah. Are we working backwards then? Well, I'm just thinking there's nothing really that happened at the beginning of the week, except for the fact that my stinking daughter, I guess our stinking daughter. Let's not call her a stinking daughter. She smells quite nice, okay. actually. I was not prepared for this. Tuesday night was <laughs> was fake graduation. Well, like elementary school graduation. Elementary school graduation. Because you graduate from everything down here. <laughs> Which we're growing. graduation. <laughs> Which we're growing to appreciate because we're becoming less cynical and we love that America celebrates everything and we're becoming Americans. Yes. And we have a lot to learn from that department. So it's anyway, true. It's true. our 11 year old daughter is leaving fifth grade and going into sixth grade. Yes. Which I guess is a big deal because she's changing schools and it's from uh, elementary school to junior high. And anyway, we go. Except here they call it middle school. Is it middle school? I keep calling it junior high and getting blank stares. And then I'm like, uh, oh, wait, you call it middle school. And then they're like, oh, I understand. It's like you this morning trying to talk about restrooms, bathrooms. Yeah, washrooms. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all blending together now in my is. head. I just don't know anymore. Anyway, so we go there and it took a very long time. and uh, Like so long. So long. Like but, over an hour. <laughs> but in the middle of it, we found out that our daughter, along with some other students as well, I, I don't want to make this... Um, like Abigail was the only recipient of this, but got a letter from the president of the United States of America for her academic achievement. Yeah, she got the president's award. I didn't know that was a thing, but I loved it. And it has a seal and a letter and a signature. And I was like, I'm so proud of her. So yeah, I'm going to get so it framed. Cool. So yeah. that was for me a highlight this week. That was Tuesday. And then we jumped into the source conference. We did. Talk yeah. to me about the source conference, baby. Um, the source conference was, I think it was really good. Uh, we had people from our own church speaking on different topics that they were experts in the area of. Right. So, um, it was, it was really fun. There was, you could pick one of four different tracks and you could go and listen to somebody who knows things about that. And then in every single workshop and every track, you got to ask questions. Actually, for more than the teaching time, there was 45 minutes of question asking. So it was great. I can't wait to review the feedback on that. But yeah. for me, just for an observer of how the audience in, seemed to enjoy it, I loved as an organizer that at the end of Saturday, we had run eight sessions in the time it takes to run two sessions. Yeah. That really was brilliant. Yeah. And I loved it. It was quite hard. I, I spoke at one of the workshops and I spoke for half an hour which I don't think I've ever spoken for that that amount of time. I spoke for half an hour, and then we had 45 minutes of questions, but I was really grateful I had the rest of our senior team join us in the morning. Well, that was Jeff's session. I, I joined his panel. But in the afternoon, you and Jeff and Becky joined me on a panel, and I loved that. I loved getting to field questions from everybody. So thank you to everybody who came. Um, we look forward to getting the MP3s out to you this week, and thank you to all of our staff and volunteers who made it happen. It was It was... A great conference. I love doing it, and I, I, I hope we do it again. Yeah, so good. On the topic of conferences, somebody wrote in earlier this week and said, hey, wh when is the Heaven Declares conference? And I said, we're actually announcing it 
this week at the at the Source Conference. If you're interested, we have a conference coming up on October the 25th to the 27th. It's our Heaven Declares Conference. We haven't released the guest list yet. But you don't want to miss it. You don't. Yeah. If you're thinking of, you know, making plans to travel here, I'd really encourage you to come. You won't be disappointed. It will be an incredible conference. And I, I can't wait. It's on my calendar. And me, Alan Jones is super, super excited about this conference. Yes. I feel like God's kindness has designed this conference for me, and I, I can't wait to go. I'm going to try and abdicate all responsibility so I can sit there. I might take vacation days so I can just sit there and not be on staff and just receive everything. <laughs> you, can't, you can't take a vacation day during a conference. Oh. I'm sorry. All right, well. Yeah. You can just sit there and look pretty, though. Yeah, well, I'm going to be doing a lot more than that. So there you <laughs> go. That That's our week so far. That's the fastest catch-up ever. Really is. Yeah. Wait, there's got to be other things. Um, well, Quinn's in town. Quinn is in town. Quinn is in town. I went to like a little party that um, the Robinsons hosted for him. It was great. Um, it he's was, a celebrity. It wasn't little. There was tons of people Everybody there. Everybody loves Quinn. He's like royalty. It's true. When he's here. Yeah. Quinn, for those of you who don't know who we're talking about, is a dear friend of ours, an old friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Me and Quinn were in church together when we were both in university way back in Scotland. Wow. And just one of my dear friends from Scotland. And a number of years ago, we invited him out. And you know what we should do is we should do a podcast with Quinn this week. We should. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Geniuses. All right. We're going to see if we can persuade Quinn to come on and and we'll let Quinn tell his own story of why he's a celebrity in Nashville. (laughs) Good. All right, baby. Enough with a small talk. Let's talk about expectations. I love how bossy you are and so forthright. Right? amazing. I just need to wear my librarian glasses and and we just have the whole thing going on there. Take me to your leader. Yeah. (laughs) I've been thinking about... I don't know why I think about this, but I was rolling through my head if there was going to be a poll for the most disbelieved verse in the Bible, what would I submit? And I think at least a strong candidate would be Galatians 6 verse 7. And the reason I think it's the most disbelieved in the Bible is it comes with the warning not to disbelieve it. Well, that's true. Yes. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Yes. So there's a danger that what we talk about tonight, people will dismiss and just think, no, that's ridiculous. But we fall into the trap that the very first part of the verse is trying to warn us against right. not being deceived. Right. So being deceived is when, you, when you're relying on your own understanding of things rather than being open to a different truth. Yes. And so the fascinating verse. We, we've long taught on this verse, long lived on this verse, but I was thinking about it from a different perspective. Basically, basically Paul is saying, you, God can't be mocked. There's this universal principle called the law of sowing and reaping. And when I say law, I'm not talking Old Testament law. I'm talking like the law of gravity, the law of thermodynamics, the law of other laws, right? The law of other laws. Yeah, the law. Yeah, of like that well-known law. Stuff that governs the world. So the law of gravity can be suspended for a while, like planes take off from London Heathrow and land in Los Angeles, right? So the the rule of what goes up must come down is kind of suspended for those 10 hours while that plane is in in flight. But But then the plane is subject to other laws while it's in flight. Right. And surely gravity is still playing into them. (laughs) You understand what I mean? Yes, yes. But my point in bringing up something like the law of gravity is the law of gravity is not up for debate. Right. The law of gravity is not subject to your understanding. 
Yes. It's not subject to you agreeing with it. Or believing. No, it's completely it impartial. Good people are affected by the law of gravity and evil people are affected by the law of gravity. Yes. It is no respecter of race, of religion, of sexuality. It just is. Yes. It's like, it's, it's a beautiful thing about the world that there are principles that cannot be uh, denied. Yes. And the law of sowing and reaping is one of those. I agree. And it is simple in that whatever you so you, you reap. reap yeah and the reason that it says don't be deceived is a lot of people think it doesn't it, it, it's not real right so for example i could cheat you out of a lot of money and go for many years without anything happening to me and be like ha ha i got i got away with it yes but, but eventually eventually it's going to come back and hit me yes the new age or or some other kind of modern uh what do you call them religions yeah Cults? Yeah. Other religions talk about karma, or what goes around comes around. Mm-hmm. And th- th- this is the biblical basis for that sort of thing. So, if you sow negativity, you will reap negativity. Yes. If you sow honor, you'll reap honor. Yeah. And, and basically what that verse is teaching you is, you can actually start in your life a momentum that will come back and affect your life. Good or bad. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter whether you believe in it. It doesn't matter whether you agree with it, this law will be in operation. Yeah, and I think a lot of times when people look at this verse, they think it's just talking about money, and it isn't. It's talking oh, no. about a lifestyle of sowing and reaping. So it's you're, you're right in that it's talking about negativity and honor. It's also talking about things like friendship. You know, if you sow friendship, you'll reap friendship. It's, it's talking about all kinds of things. One of my favorite ones is generosity. If you yeah. sow generosity... You reap generosity. Yeah. And I mean, we just saw that this week. We we gave away a sum of money. We, we had an opportunity to give and we're like, oh, we're so excited. And we gave away that, that uh, some money. Mm-hmm. And, and then two days later, we got given the same amount of money plus a little bit more. I was like, this is, this is, this just happens all of the time. Right. So it, it is an incredible principle that I absolutely love. So, for example, I I know someone, and um, names have been changed to protect the innocent. I, I know <laughs> it's someone. It's you, isn't it? No, just kidding. Yeah, I know someone. Upon close observation of their life, I don't think I know of anybody who seems to have a higher rate of conflict. What do you mean by that? I mean... Every venture that this person takes on, so let's say they're doing some renovations to their house. Yes. So they maybe hired a plumber or a carpenter. Mm. Or, these are all true examples, they're getting internet installed at their house. Or they're buying a new car. Or they've opened a new bank account. Or they've registered for a new offer with a credit card company. So there's just five or six things off the top of my head that are all real, not made up. Every single one of those things goes wrong. And so then they end up in some sort of, not legal battle, but just this back and forth going, hey, you know, I hired you to do this, and you screwed this up, and when this happened, and it's just a catalog of errors. And I remember listening to them talking about, like, I, you know, I can't believe, you know, this happens. And then I was like, hey, would you like an observation uh, from the outside of your life? And the observation is that, you seem to have an expectancy that everybody who does work for you is going to be an idiot. 
Right. Or they're going to screw you over somehow. Right. Like you have this subtle, it's not so subtle, you have this huge mistrust over everybody that comes into your orbit. And have you noticed that that seems to be affecting your life? Yeah. You're reaping the result of that. And it's just the law of sowing and reaping. Yeah. And I'm like, how how is this possible? And the amount of stress that's on that person's life to to keep that thing from not continuing to reap is is astonishing. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, we could help solve this problem real quick. Because I think about I think about our life. We I've had to work very, very hard. Again, the culture I was raised in didn't seem like we placed a high value on optimism. Yes. Like it was kind of ridiculed. Mm -hmm. So it was easier to have low expectations or no expectations. So when it didn't happen, you weren't disappointed. But it probably didn't happen because you had low (laughs) expectations in the first place. Ding, 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 ding. ding. Exactly. So I've had to, I remember when we first got married and I started traveling, like I had backups of my backup of my reservations because I was convinced when I go to a hotel that they were going to screw me over and they'd lost my reservation. And I was like, aha. So I'm like lawyering up for every situation and I'm realizing I learned that, you know, my dad was a bit like that. He had a bit of an expectation that, you know, things weren't going to go great. And I I learned that and I would literally rehearse all of these options when I was going in to check in at a hotel. Oh my gosh. No, I would have like 10 different conversations in my head about how that I was going to handle never this. never occurred to me. I know. That's a huge amount of mental stress. Yeah. Now. What a waste of energy. <laughs> Well, the whole thing of worry is a misuse of imagination. Yeah. But now what happens is I actually have an expectation that good things are going to happen. Yeah. And good things happen. Yeah. I was thinking about my Uncle Percy. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't know what kind of expectations he might have had. Maybe he always said things over himself like, I am a klutz. But a more accident-prone person I've never met in my life (laughs) So can I just tell you about Uncle Percy for a second? Sure. It's story time with Alan you, and AJ. You never met him, did you? He's uh, He was my grandpa's brother. Was he brother. the guy at the cocktail party who set himself on fire, then threw himself into the swimming pool, but there was something electrical next to it and he electrocuted himself? No. No, okay. That was a joke. That's from a movie, I think, maybe. <laughs> um, no, so Uncle Percy, so he had a number of accidents. So when he was a little kid, they... They all went outside. He stayed outside for too long, didn't have his hat on, got frostbite. And so his ears stuck straight out, like from his head, uh, kind of like wings. Okay. So it's a good look. It's, for the it's unfortunate yep. for sure. Um, and then when he was around 10, I think, uh, they were playing with, um, rifles like 22s and stuff and just shooting things on the farm and he was cleaning it out and he wasn't holding the thing away from his head uh and he actually shot himself and it came in through the the bottom of his like under his chin out the front of his mouth and took the front of his nose off so he had like this huge divot do you have any happy stories on the front of his nose so that wait wait so then a couple years later when he's legally allowed to drive a motorcycle he's driving a motorcycle he has an accident he hits a fence and the it's not funny but the the um barbed takes the top of his skin off of his head so they had to sew it back on oh his head <laughs> so he had no hair he ended up having no hair he had ears that 
stuck out to the side. He's missing the front of his nose. And then he is the guy, in case you're ever wondering, is there actually somebody who drank with a spoon in their cup and took their eye out? There is. Uncle Percy did it. So (laughs) he had one glass eye. And so when he would come over, he would, you know, I mean, he, he, he didn't look horrible, but he, he looked interesting. Um, is Uncle Percy would, still alive? No, no. No, he's he, not no, likely to hear this podcast. No, he'd and, be in his hundreds by now. So, uh, yeah, anyway, he uh, he would tell us stories about all the accidents that he had. And it made me think, oh, I wonder I wonder if you had any expectations right. of that kind of... I mean, I don't know, but uh, something was going on there. But it's, a, it's worth checking. If there's repeating patterns in your life that keep happening... If, for example, one of the most common ones I see is rejection. Yeah. So people are constantly rejected or constantly fired or, you know, just these things just happen over and over again. It is worth checking what is your expectation or your belief in that area. Yeah, because there could be other reasons for constant rejection. And, you know, there's a, a myriad of things under the whole Curse, inner healing judgments, banner. That sort of yeah, thing. of course. But expectations are a super powerful thing. It ties into what Jesus says in in Matthew 9, verse 29, with the healing of the uh, blind Bartimaeus, where yeah. he heals him. And it says, according to your faith be unto you. So whatever you have faith for, both good and bad, comes to you. Mm-hmm. And, and people object to that because it just seems so oversimplistic. And people try and hijack it. The way they hijack it is they think, well, if I just, if I change my expectation, then I'll change the outcome. And that's true. But the way they try, try to change the outcome is they change their words, but not their belief. Right. 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 And, and actually their efforts to do it are to prove it wrong. So they're not actually believing anyway. Right. Does, does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've had people do that actually. Having said that, I remember a friend of mine came to our church and was so fed up with us teaching on tithing and giving that uh, he bet the Lord $50 it wouldn't work. And he shoved $50 in the offering. And then I forget what happened to him the very next day. Either he got $100 or he got a ra- He got some sort of raise or he got something. And he was like, are you, ki- are you kidding me? <laughs> and it's back to that whole thing of it's impartial. Yes. It doesn't care why you're doing it. Um, it's, 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 so expectation is super powerful. I found this amazing verse in Proverbs 10, verse 24. It says this, What the wicked dread will overtake them, what the righteous desire will be granted. Wow, that's really good. Uh, it's really interesting because what it's saying is, what it's actually saying is both of their expectations will come to pass. Yes. How about this verse? Proverbs 15, verse 15 says, For the despondent every day brings trouble, for the happy heart... Life is a continual feast. Wow. I know. It's just, it's, it's down to your expectations. Yeah. How do you get good expectations if they're hard to hack? I think you ask the father for what his expectations are. I think, I think, you know, particularly if you've grown up in a culture where negativity is the rule, you know, where that's most things are seen as the glass is half empty and things like that. When you're retraining your mind, you're retraining your heart on what to believe. I think you just have a lot of conversations with the father about, you know, hey, what does my day look like? Hey, how can I partner with you in this? You know, that kind of stuff. And and ask him to start to rewrite your expectations. Also being in a community where people will call you on that stuff. Yes. So yesterday or maybe the day before the conference, um, 
a lady in our church, Keila, came over to me and she happened to say, hey, Alan, I, I loved watching you in worship. I loved that you were kneeling down in worship. And I just, I said, oh, thanks so much. And I, I quipped the joke and just said, yeah, I figure, uh, you know, uh, anytime I can kneel, uh, I'll take advantage to do it in worship because there'll be a time when I can't. And she just said, no, there won't. I just break that off you. And I was like, oh, good Lord, I have an expectation that my knees are going to fail. <laughs> and it's, Go Keela. <laughs> yeah, so I just loved it that she, you know, caught that, uh, you know, rebuked it. And I was like, yeah, that that's absolutely right. So, yeah, I think asking the Lord, I think... Part of the reason we're allowed to feel the sting of our bad expectations is so that we're prompted to change our expectations so we can receive good. Yeah. It's not that God's punishing us. Like, the law of sowing and reaping is designed for our good. Yes. and uh, it's, Yeah, it's totally designed for our benefit and our blessing. But we get to choose what we're sowing. Good. All right, short thought for this week. Yeah. But I have two questions from last week's topic on parenting. Are you ready? Yes. Because I'm looking at you as the parenting expert. Oh, dear. Our first question <laughs> comes from Josh. Yes. And Josh asks this. I get that when you become a parent, your personal time almost completely disappears. We were talking about that in episode 193. However, would you say that it is healthy to have some time for just ourselves, like individually and as a couple? Where is the balance between giving up yourself for your children and becoming a child-centric home where their demands override everything else to both our and their detriment? Okay, I definitely wouldn't say you want to be a child-centric home. I think that your marriage is the number one thing that's a priority in your household. So um, is there, you know, a necessity for time? Yeah, for sure. That's part of why um, we're such big proponents for um, baby wise or, or things where it's, you know, scheduled sleeping and stuff, because we, we've always known, okay, for the last 11 years at seven o'clock, it's us time. And so sometimes we just have a date on the couch cause we're exhausted and we don't want to go out or whatever. But, but I know at seven o'clock the kids are down and until I go to bed at 10 or 11, we have adult time and sometimes we have that adult time together and sometimes we have that time separately, but we, we both recognize I need time by myself and we need time together. Otherwise we're not our, our best version of a parent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think neither extreme that you present there, Josh is good. You, you absolutely want to be in the middle there. And I agree with AJ that, yeah, when we were talking about, hey, your your time completely disappears and you're aware that when you have kids, how selfish you were, it just requires greater planning. Yeah. And um, we're, we are grateful for babysitters. Yes. <laughs> All right. Jill asked a question. Hi, Jill. And she said this. Hi, Alan AJ. I'm really enjoying listening to your podcast on parenting. Our son is 18 months old, so we're fairly new to the whole parenting thing and enjoy hearing your perspective. When you were talking about how parenting has healed things from the inside out, like AJ becoming more girly, I was thinking about how parenting for me so far has been really difficult and painful. I started some inner healing and see many threads of control and anger and fear playing out, especially in relation to other people caring for our son while I'm at work. I'd love to know your thoughts. I'm trying to figure out why I'm experiencing so much pain rather than healing through the experience of becoming a parent. There's so much joy in being a parent, I don't want it to constantly be overshadowed by fear of what if this person who's looking after my kid doesn't do things the way I think is best. I know God takes care of him no matter what, so how can I walk out of fear and experiencing the healing that comes with having children? 
Great question. I think that's a hard question to answer, babe. Uh, I mean, partially, Jill, because as you say, you're you're entering into this journey of of inner healing, and there's probably a fair amount of um, things, perhaps from your childhood or whatnot, that are are robbing you and causing the fear and the anger and that kind of stuff. Um, but but it would be hard to speak with any kind of knowledge on on how to help with that without actually knowing that stuff. Does right. that make sense? Um, but I do think that, um, you know, it, it is a big thing to leave your child with another person. And I, I don't think it, I mean, it does get easier as they get older, but also because you can talk to them afterwards and say, how was that? And, you know, whatever. Um, but but it is a hard thing. So on one level, you might need to give yourself a little bit of grace that that's, it's a normal transitional thing to have to get used to Um leaving your kid, you know, uh, but also, you know, we, we would leave printed out instructions because our kids were on a specific schedule and they had to eat at this time and they had to go to bed at this time and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and I don't think that anybody really flinched at that either. So I think if you can have good, clear communication with the people that are watching your kids, um, and, you know, make that as easy as possible, that might, decrease some of your anxiety the other thought i had jill was who's to say healing isn't happening well yes exactly it sounds like you're getting tremendous healing you're just on the path to it so it sounds like you're having this awareness uh all of this stuff is coming up which the lord only brings stuff up to bring healing to he never does it to cause trouble or make us feel shame or right. or sadness so i think you're in the process of being healed um which I want to encourage you with. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how encouraging that feels, but I love your honesty. I love that you're being real. I love that you're not blaming anybody else. You're like, hey, I'm realizing all this stuff's in me. And I'm like, yeah, that that's, that is part of the healing yep. that happens in having kids. It's just sometimes not a glamorous process. Yeah, it's a bit like being under a magnifying glass at different points, and you realize that there's stuff in you that you didn't know was there until you're dealing with a frustrating situation or... You know, that sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. All right. That was our two questions on parenting last week. I do still have some great questions that I want to answer. I, uh, I've, I, But I am wanting to bring in an expert to answer some of them with us. Ooh. And I haven't done that this week, so I'm, I am working on that. If you would like to ask us a question that we can answer on the podcast, if you go to alanandaj.com slash ask... You'll find a form where you can submit your question, or you can reach out to us uh, via Twitter at Alan and AJ. I'd love to remind you that the applications are open for the School of Supernatural Life, and they do close June 15th. Um, so all of your references would need to be in by then. So if you've been thinking about it and praying about it and just waiting for a confirmation, this is your confirmation. This is your confirmation. <laughs> uh, but go ahead and start your application so that you can uh, start getting process that sounds like a horrible word doesn't it start getting processed uh so that you can you know be in the process of coming to join us in september and uh, same thing goes for those that have graduated from year one if you're thinking about year two don't procrastinate don't procrastinate um go ahead and start your application yeah we would love to get to spend eight months with you here in sunny franklin tennessee watching the lord transform your life it's it's one of our great joys and uh, if you'd like more information, we just released 
a new video about the School of Supernatural Life, um, and we had a school information meeting. Is that what you call it? What's it called? Information yeah, information session. meeting, yeah. And we live-streamed it. So if you didn't get to come to the conference and you're like, hey, I have questions, I'd like to learn more about the school, I'll post a link in the show notes to our uh, school info session so that you can watch that um, online anytime. Can you also post to the video? I'm not sure if I can. I'm sure I can and link it. If you follow us on Twitter, we'll put a link to it. I can't upload it, but I will get the powers that be to upload it to Grace Center's YouTube channel, and then I'll put, post a link to it because it's great. Awesome. Good. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We love getting to spend time with you each week. Uh, we pray that you have an incredible week filled with the kindness of God and that your expectations change to awesome expectations and you get to reap a beautiful life. Yeah. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games, paleo donuts and the kindness of God, the things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.